On this week's episode of the High Impact Man podcast, you're going to hear from Brian Lieberman, a.k.a. Peloton, a.k.a. HR Puffin Stuff, as he's referred to in the gloom of an F3 beatdown. That name might sound familiar to you because he's a repeat guest who previously was on our podcast and shared his journey of recovery following a near-death experience of suffering cardiac arrest while out mountain biking. And uh, it's quite quite a story, truly is a miracle, but you're going to be really impressed when you hear the journey that he's been on in the year since that happened. When this podcast drops today, it's been one year and one day since that event, and he's going to share so much about what he's accomplished you know, physically, athletically, but more importantly, the impact that it's had on his life, um, his friendships, his relationship with his wife, and so many other things, Lord. He's going to share a lot of great stories. He's going to share a little bit about his nutrition habits, his exercise habits, um, how it's impacted him as a leader. So sit back and enjoy this episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. All right, another episode of the High Impact Podcast coming your way. Uh, before we get started, we got to just say that today is February the 12th, I believe, the day after the Super Bowl. Now, we know this isn't going to air for about three weeks, but being so fresh off the Super Bowl uh, result, uh, we, can't, we can't just let things go by without saying how prescient the prognosticator dial-up is. So um, my co-host over there, Troy Klinger, uh, otherwise known as dial-up to all the guys who do F3. And maybe we should change your name to the prognosticator. Maybe. I that- didn't I didn't mention that it was going to be an overtime, but I did have the Chiefs winning with a game-winning touchdown yeah. drive in yep. the final final minutes. Yeah. Not only did you pick the Chiefs to win, you said they're going to win on a, a Patrick Mahomes play at the end of the game. Yeah. And that's what happened. So if anybody it's wants, it's not to like it's some, a far-reaching no <laughs> prediction or anything. There was a good chance, yeah. With Mahomes, uh, so all those uh, people out there in Chiefs Kingdom are happy, uh, yeah, and all the Swifties, including and this, you. And uh, the 49ers fell for the same game-winning touchdown yes. play as the Eagles did. Yes, they years, scored twice ago. on the Eagles last year in the Super Bowl, running that play and the game-winning play again this year. They ran that same play, and the Niners couldn't defend it. One would think it'd be scouted a little bit better. That's what my wife said. I texted her as soon as it happened. I said, that's the play that they ran against the Eagles last year and scored two touchdowns. And she said, do you think they know it would be coming? And no, they did not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here we are at the High Pick Man podcast. I'm your host, Nevin Gorky. I'm known as DFib to all the guys that do F3 out there. And those of you who don't uh, know what F3 is, that's okay because – the reason we exist is to bring men on to tell their stories in order to motivate, encourage, and inspire the men to be virtuous leaders. And every man we have on, whether it's related to F3 or otherwise, we think is what we call a high-impact man, and he's doing that. And so uh, our guest today, we've had on before to tell his story. Um, I'm going to guess that it was about seven months ago or something like that. Uh, it's Brian Lieberman. Uh, he's known as Peloton in the gloom to his F3 mates, although I refer to him as Puffin Stuff, or Puffy for short, because he is a chief of a- human resources at our local regional hospital and HR Puffin Stuff. It was a perfect name, which only myself and one other respect guy even knew 
the reference. So, and we could always change it because he does refer to himself as Puff and Stuff. He got on a picture Slack. of Puff and Stuff on yeah, his Slack. On yeah, Slack. I know, yeah, I know. So, I don't, so, yeah. So, anyway, he could just have two names. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we—I was actually dial-up's idea, and I think it was a great idea. It's like we ought to have him back on to talk about a year later, after a near tragic event happened in his life, a, a very bad health scare. Uh, for all the details, we'd like to send you guys back to that podcast. I should have looked up the number, but uh, if you just scroll back, you'll see where it was. And he tells his story. And what happened was he had a cardiac arrest while mountain biking out in the mountain bike trails of central Pennsylvania. And through uh, the providence of God, so many things came into place to get him to our uh, big medical center that we work out work at where the, the doctors went to work. And uh, still, after opening up the, the artery that caused the big heart attack and uh, and put him on putting him on something called ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenator. Basically it's a heart lung machine, no function of his heart at all. But then within a few days, not only did function return, he was able to get off the ECMO, go home. And now he is back to pretty much full activities and he can run past most of you out there that are listening to us. So, uh, so yeah, dial up. Go yeah, ahead. Well, yeah, I'm. I was looking for his uh, the episode, so I'll, I'll find that, and then I can give that to everybody as a reference. But if if what it just showed me here on my iPhone for episodes, we might have hit uh, with our last episode 100 episodes. 100 episodes, and it went by without me saying yeah. anything. All right. Huh. Well, anyway, I did know we were coming up coming up on 104, which would be two full years of weekly episodes, and we're gonna we're gonna mention that. When we record that podcast, but a hundred, that's, that's a century mark, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I will confirm those numbers, but anyway, carry on. I will, uh, I will find out what episode it was for Peloton. Yes. And, the, uh, the crack uh, research crew at the high pick podcast is on it. This is how highly <laughs> unprepared we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, so anyway, let's bring, let's bring our guests in. So Peloton, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. <clears throat> it's great to be, uh, on this podcast for a second time. This is now the third podcast I've done right. uh, in total. And I've probably only ever listened to five podcasts. So if I do a few more podcasts, I may exceed. How many you've listened to? <laughs> yes. Might I recommend the High Impact Man podcast to you? Excellent podcast. Best podcast in the world. But anyway, according to two people. <laughs> but I know last time you were in studio, we had studio over in the gym. Now it's in our storage area. My wife has become a workout fanatic and in the evenings is when she uses the gym so we we've been pushed into the storage area so sorry yeah. about the the surroundings now they're not quite as nice but but i got your smorgasbord of healthy food so carolyn uh peloton's m if you're listening uh we've got asparagus and brussels sprouts and spinach and broccoli great right? and you got everything good and his basement is more organized than ours so i'm impressed <laughs> <laughs> well it's easier when you move four times every move is like a like a fire sale so uh, yeah, we've we've pared down quite a bit, but uh, thank you for that. All right, so uh, we're going to get into it because the reason we want to have him on is, is uh, to just uh, pick his brain and see how things have gone for the last year and what new perspective he's ha he has because uh, a lot of people think this was really a miracle and uh, and a lot of things happened. Again, I refer you back to the episode, but a lot of people came together praying hard in the community. Uh, and uh, and since then, we want to get we want to get your perspective on how how that's changed your perspective on life, how you've been doing it for the last year, but also with your role as uh, a leader in a major uh, health uh, organization. We're going to talk to you a little bit about leadership stuff. So, I guess the first question is, uh, how has since now now you're looking at it, what was the date when it happened? Uh, February twenty fifth. 
February 25th. And this is February 12th. So we're almost one year out. And uh, you were 43 years old when that happened. And your dad was 43. That's right. When he had a heart attack. He didn't make it, though. Didn't make it. Uh, So uh, crazy occurrences, right? Uh, But... Since that time, how, what, how has that event changed your, your outlook on life, your perspective? You know, um, it's hard to put into words, but I've been reflecting a lot because the year's almost here. And in reflection, the last year has been probably the greatest year of my life, if yeah. not the greatest. Right. And so, you know, it's weird to say, but it's it's not as I've lived through it, but What's weird to say is, well, you almost died and you had to recover from this. And, you know, how is that the greatest year? Well, that was just a small chunk of the year. I was on life support for a week. You'll hear the story on on the previous podcast. And then I had to, you know, get out of the hospital and kind of rebuild and and refocus. And uh, that was really something incredible to do. Uh, Go through cardiac rehab, build strength, uh, get back to work and, you know, feel confident to be able to work. And just try to enjoy all the things that I typically enjoy doing and then doing some things that I've never done before has been, you know, what the last year has been about. And as I was thinking about it, like, it's probably the biggest growth year of my life. Maybe when I was a baby till I was one year old, but I can't remember that. You certainly grow a lot in that time frame. But in my memorable life, this was the greatest year of growth. And it's actually been a blessing in many ways that this happened to me. Uh, and I can elaborate more on it, but in, in summary, it's been an awesome year. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, not only for you, but for your kids, right? Yeah, so um, for my kids, uh, you know, so proud of them every single day. But I also reflect back on what um, I got to witness, and I possibly, you know, would have missed it all and maybe changed their life as a result of it. Definitely would have changed their life Would they have accomplished these same things, but um, my son graduated high school. He's, he started college. Uh, so I'd start there. That's a really big thing. Um, athletically, he won pen relays last, uh, he's a runner. So he, he won pen relays last spring, uh, that I almost would have missed seeing. He won track and field States, his team won track and field States. Uh, so that was just incredible stuff. And then I got to see him put on a D one college uniform, and um, run in that setting. So just incredible. My daughter is uh, an athlete as well. She's not a runner. She does competitive cheerleading. Uh, her team from this you know, small gym in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, went down to Florida to what they call Cheer Worlds. Um, they compete nationally, and there's international teams, but they complete, compete nationally. And uh, her team took third place in our wow. nation out of a yeah. you know tiny gym in yeah. Lewisburg, PA. And so I didn't see that in person. I was not comfortable to fly at that point in time. I was still into my recovery, but I got to the beauty of uh, having Flow Sports and log in. I got to watch that and just uh, just incredible to see the hard work pay off yeah. uh, for both of them. And so, you know, those are, those are some amazing things that happened in the last yeah. year. And, you know, just so many amazing things. Uh, you know, just deeper relationships with multiple people starts with family, mm-hmm. uh, but multiple people and just going outside of your comfort zone. Um, as I think about uh, Carol and my wife, um, you know, many amazing things that we've done in the last year, but I'm going to name one that's definitely outside of her comfort zone. So we were on vacation in, in New York State. 
We were in the Adirondack Mountains, and the highest peak in New York State is Mount Marcy. And uh, it's about, I think it's 5,000 feet, 5,300 feet. So uh, we're not serious hikers or anything, but it's something you can do even not being a serious hiker. But the length of it is really long. It's Mm -hmm. a 16-mile round-trip hike. And um, she hates the woods, but she did that (laughs) hike with me. Is it all in trails or is it on roads? No, it's all in trails, and uh, there's some... There's some significant um, boulders that you need to oh, there's some uh, climbing over yeah, rocks and traverse stuff. Yeah. over. So it's not just like walking. Um, and anyway, most of the listeners don't know my wife, so I'm going to embarrass her. But, you know, being a non hiker, she <laughs> um, she was like, well, I'm bringing a salad on on the on this hike and I'll eat it, you know, after we get to the peak. And, you know, we all said it was uh, my son, his girlfriend and my wife. That's that's who did it. And we all said, don't bring a salad, like just bring, pack a sandwich or just do something like easy. And no, I'm bringing a salad. So we, we summit Mount Marcy. We work our way about a quarter of the way down, not a quarter of the way down, just a tenth of the way back down. Um, it was really poor conditions that day, fog everywhere, mist everywhere. We got, we got underneath the mist uh, to where it was dry and we all sat down to eat for a minute or two and she pulls out her salad, but... No fork. <laughs> <laughs> it's finger food now. That's why you don't bring a salad on a hike. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or at least bring a fork. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. She ate, she ate the salad and then had to make a pit stop along the way down. But No, yeah. no, we, we survived that. All right. I'm glad you shared on your own because I, I there's some I had heard this story and some other funny stories about that hike, and I was going to ask about it when you started telling it. But uh, you'll be the one that now has to suffer. <laughs> uh, alone from Carolyn for yeah. for sharing that good story. Now to 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 you know give your wife kudos though she's in great condition right? Oh yeah, she's in incredible shape. Um, she's a streaker. She, she does not she does not <laughs> miss a workout. Hasn't missed a workout in over four years because the pandemic started about four years ago, and she was even in this streak before the pandemic started. So it'll be five years of not missing a workout. Peloton workouts. Peloton workouts on the bike or uh, lifting since the end of August of 2019. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, when you say streaker, she's not taking her clothes off yeah. and running yeah, yeah, up yeah. the mountain. You're talking about... That was a, that was a joke. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just to be clear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... Yeah. You know, another story related to Peloton, uh, the company, do you, do you want to share your stock story or lack of stock story <laughs> that oh, you shared the, the other morning during our run? This one's going to really get me in trouble. So... Um, <laughs> Well, he likes to do that. I, I guess this will get into uh, not leadership um, or poor decision-making as a leader. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was just working 24-7, basically, um, at the hospital. It was just needed for HR people to be changing a lot of policies and practices and such. And um, Carolyn sent me a text uh, and one day, and she said, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna move X amount of money over from savings into our bank account, and I'm going to buy some stock. And I said, okay, but I can't deal with this right now. Like busy. Can we talk about it when I get home? And she said, sure. She tells me two stocks that she was going to buy. One was uh, Peloton and the other was Tesla. Mm -hmm. And I got home, you know, probably whatever time we never talk about it. Uh, A few weeks go by and I said, Hey, did you buy that stock? And she said, no, you know, you got mad at me. And I said, well, that was a text. And she said, well, you said we were going to talk about it. We never did. Well, Peloton since down, but Peloton went on a steep incline during that time frame. 
And um, I like to believe that we would have, you know, been wise and sold it, you know, on a high and not still had it right now. Tesla's still doing okay, but the moral of the story is just like, I need to just continue to let my wife make the decisions and, and trust. <laughs> tell, tell Carolyn she's free to lead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she doesn't have a problem leading. I don't know why Why with that one. I think it was just the amount of money that, that yeah. she was deciding to move. It was it was worth discussing, but, um, yeah, we never got back to that one. So uh, oh well. I'm still working. Still working. Yeah, me too, brother. Um, we just met with a financial advisor recently, but anyway. Uh, makes you look at things a little differently. But uh, anyway, uh, your year goes on and um, you're a runner. You've always liked to run and you're good at it. But this year for the first time you ran the Blue Ridge Relay with us, right? Is that the first time you've done an endurance relay? I know you've run run races before, but is this the first time as a team? Yeah, first time I ever did anything like that, Um, an endurance relay or or running with other people. Yeah. I always knew about a Ragnar race, never, ever interested me to do that. Uh, but it's actually like hanging out with you guys is what interests me in, in doing the Blue Ridge Relay. But now that I've done it, it's uh, something I look forward to getting back to. And I did another endurance relay, less intense than than the uh, Blue Ridge Relay, but the Tussie Mountain 50-mile relay or whatever mm-hmm. it's actually called. Um, I did that, but... Yeah, the Blue Ridge Relay was a turning point for me um, in in many ways from a exercise standpoint. So that, it was the weekend after Labor Day in September, and we were a 12-man team. We, you, ran, you run from the uh, Virginia-North Carolina border down to Asheville, North Carolina, 208-mile race. Did it with 12 other guys. I ran three legs. It was just incredible. Um incredible few days or incredible 30 hours, whatever it took us to do this. Mm -hmm. But the turning point for me was um, it really kind of set into motion where I was at from a health standpoint. I I knew that I was a lot healthier. Um, Cardiac rehab ended at the end of May. I've just changed the way that I eat and all of these aspects of my life. I was, I'm 20 pounds uh, less than I weighed a year ago uh, at this time, but was 20 pounds less for the Blue Ridge Relay too, but it was just like, can I do this? And I remember running with Dial Up, and we did a run around here for the locals called Kip's Run. It's about an eight-mile run, and we did that maybe a week before the Blue Ridge Relay, and I, I needed that run to just kind of know I was going to be capable of doing my legs in the Blue Ridge at the right time, at the right pace. And we had a great run on Kip's Run, and I ended up having, you know, really good times uh at the blue ridge relay and then that just propelled me to continue to run running is my first love still love mountain biking but i've been running a lot it's i feel it's safer for me to do than flipping over the handlebars on a blood thinner (laughs) on a mountain bike right although you're talking to me uh today on the 12th and coming off of three days in a row of mountain biking (laughs) i saw you're on a streak there mountain biking he's still pedaling that thing in the mountains yeah yeah but uh yeah did blue ridge relay the next weekend, I was back down in Virginia, uh, wherever Virginia Tech is, I forget, Blacksburg, mm-hmm. and ran a half marathon. Right. And ran that in an hour and 45 minutes, which I've run faster half marathons, but never did I think I was going to 
run a, a half marathon six months after having a heart attack and let alone run it at an eight minute mile right. for 13 miles, you know, was really uh, pleased with that and just have, you know, gone on to do several, several things um, athletically. And that's, I, I've always liked to exercise. And so that's just been one of the most uh, gratifying things that has come out of this last year. But I've learned that I can't just do cardio. Um, I mean, cardio is not bad for you. But I used to show up at F3 for all the F3 listeners, and I would do the pre-run, and I would not do the F3 beatdown because I didn't want to be doing push-ups and core and all that other stuff. And, and I've, I've learned to really like that, and um, that's paid dividends to my waistline, to my upper body. Mm-hmm. Uh, lunges hurt my legs even though I run a lot. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm just really um, grateful for F3 for – having people to work out with because that's one thing I'm afraid to do is work out alone and there's no reason in, in my life to work out alone. I have tons of people around me. Um, but just to perform these workouts with guys who I really admire and respect has just been, that's been another incredible part of the last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Puffy here, I can't go uh, past the Blue Ridge Relay without saying he was my bed buddy. And man, it was great sleeping <laughs> with him. He doesn't move around a whole lot. I move. I probably fidgeted more in bed than you did. Doesn't snore. Doesn't snore. I don't. You told me I didn't. I hope I, I will dial up a mater in the next bed. So I don't. I don't think I kept. I don't remember. I, that's one of those things. We're so stinking tired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're there sleeping like <laughs> out like a light. Be, someone could be snoring like crazy, and you wouldn't even hear them. But yeah, I don't remember anybody snoring. Yeah. So you know, if you have the chance, I, I recommend sleeping with them. It's a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good sleep. <laughs> All right, so um, I know that uh, you've also been in some involved in some other things that that uh, is really important to bring out, which is your involvement with the American Heart Association since this happened. Yeah, so thanks for asking about that. Um, I was nominated by a um, not a Geisinger colleague, but a professional colleague to be a leader of impact for the American Heart Association this year. And what a leader of impact really is is somebody who's willing to go out there and um, uh, either talk about their story, mine was personal, or talk about how uh, heart disease has affected somebody in their family, mm. and then raise money for the American Heart Association. I never in a million years thought that I would be doing something that was fundraising. Like, you want to owe me money because I'm not going to ask you for it. It's just not in my nature to be asking you uh, to give me money, even if you owe it to me. And I was nominated for this and it just immediately felt right that I should do it. And, um, but I did, you know, think, gosh, I don't want to be asking people for money. How am I going to do this? And, you know, how do you even set a goal for fundraising if you don't fundraise and you have the support of the American Heart Association. They have people who, who, um, you know, help you however is needed. But, um, one of the first things that they said to me, and this will, you know, probably get us into leadership a little bit, but is, you know, what's your goal? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, you know, think about that type of question. I thought about more logistics of, you know, how am I going to do this? And I immediately answered that my goal was to raise $43,000. And the reason I picked that number is my dad passed away at 43. I had a heart attack at 43. Luckily, I'm 44 now. I made it past that year. But that's why I picked $43,000. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to raise $43,000, but whatever, that's a good stated goal. 
And I did not raise $43,000, but I raised uh, about $35,000 for American Heart Association. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And this was of the greater New York City area uh, that I was a part of, even though we live here in Pennsylvania, I was in, in that group. And I came in second place. Um, I raised the, the second most amount of money, uh, which I was the runner up. And I was, you know, really, really proud to, to be the runner up. And, you know, this, these dollars go directly to investing in research and yeah. technology and support of, you know, exactly the things that kept me alive, whether that's training people on CPR, which is pretty simple to do um, and cost effective to do to the research that goes on so that there can be things like ECMO machines that uh, kept me alive and and kept my heart healing for a week Mm -hmm. um, so that I could, you know, be here today. So the money goes, you know, straight to that. And, and, um, you know, it wasn't actually, it was fun to do. It wasn't that intimidating. Um, I had a powerful story to share and um, I'm grateful to everybody who opened up their wallet and I'm grateful to the people who work for organizations that matched mm-hmm. the amount of money that um, that they put up. And so, yeah, that was a uh, that was really an incredible thing that I did. And while we're on American Heart Association, I guess I indirectly did this uh, when I was in the hospital. Everybody wanted to help us out in some way, and I think I probably talked about this on the last podcast, but. Um, people were asking, well, what, what, what can we do for him? And we didn't need anything. We needed prayer, um, but we didn't need anything like physically done for us. And my wife came up with this idea of, well, learn CPR if you don't know CPR. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of took off in this community that we live in. And so I've inspired tons of people to learn CPR. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just think that that's, you know, something incredible that came out of this that happened to me. There's, countless people in this community that now know how to do it. My whole family uh, knows how to do it as well. And there's an ongoing CPR class at the hospital that we work at, not for the clinicians who know how to do it and get recertified how to do it, but for people like me who aren't seeing patients every day, that they can learn uh, basic life support and CPR. So, mm. you know, that's that's been um, a, an incredible thing that I'm grateful for in the last year. And another aspect of things, while not exactly American Heart Association related, is when you go through something like this, um, people come up to you, they you know want to see how you're doing, they want to support you, but they also want to share with you how you changed their life. Right. And I know now that I have inspired the health of so many different people um, in in our community, either friends or acquaintances or colleagues that have just told me like, I've lost weight or I've started to exercise or maybe a combination of both. I've changed my diet. I wouldn't go to the doctor, but I go to the doctor now. And so I just think, um, you know, I'm grateful that, that people are doing that, uh, that wouldn't have otherwise done that all because they heard my story and they Mm -hmm. related to my story and they took action. Yeah. Yeah, That, that's awesome, man. I mean, uh, what a, what a, in, and not every story like this ends like that, right? right. I mean, yeah. he's, the, the reason it's such a big deal is that most people don't make it through what he made it through. He's, uh, yeah, point probably zero 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 one percent right? Yeah, and, uh, and, be, and but because he made it through, now look at all the positive things that have come out of it. And like you said, best year of your life, right? Yeah. Or and, biggest growth year. Yeah, and, and, and CPR is key, you know? Yeah. 
we can we can certainly having you know, I worked in cardiology for about ten years in a former life, and you work there daily. Uh, yeah, the American Heart Association is a really great organization for all the things you mentioned. Yeah, um, and just that uh, that that fundamental aspect of it with educating folks to do CPR, whether they're um, trained healthcare professionals or just the general public, it it can it can save lives. Yeah, um, and you're a prime example of the the benefits of CPR. Right, um, and there's to serve as a bridge. You know, that's on one that's on the back end, right? Somebody has a is is in cardiac arrest. You 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 can intervene. On the front end is the people that you've inspired to get healthy, and that's really the important thing. I mean, both are important, obviously, yeah. but the really important thing is to prevent it from happening. Right. And uh, our community isn't the most healthy community in central Pennsylvania. I mean, there's a, there's a, a higher percentage of obesity and diabetes in this area. And um, I think that all the doctors out there that talk to all these people should prescribe F3 for men. I mean, you know, and I'm not joking about that. Or something other than F3. Right. I mean, it's free. We, what we do is free. Yeah. And the benefits that come from it aren't just physical. Uh, the fellowship, the prayer, the... Uh, community that you get involved with the mental uh, health that you get from it. So, um, and they do I, don't, I mean, don't, don't sell providers short, right? They do tell you what you got to eat. You should start eating healthier, oh, follow yes, a Mediterranean diet and exercise, but they don't tell you how, right. right? They just go, you need to get more exercise, but like, how yeah. do you do that? And yeah. for most people, it's, you join a gym, mm-hmm. which the compliance rate is horrible. Right. Um, you know, or they buy a treadmill that they use, five, 10 times, and then it becomes a clothes dryer, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or some other, you know, exercise modality. But, you know, uh, there's there's not a lot of compliance there. You know, it, there's definitely something about F3 of getting together and doing it with other guys. Right. And whether it be F3 or, or just generally getting together with other people to exercise, even if it's outside of F3, it's that, yeah. it's that companionship, the fellowship, the accountability that goes along with it, that, that that's really what's got to be prescribed. Yes. Along with the exercise. Absolutely. So the folks can have better success. Amen, brother. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the American Heart Association and you're, you're for philanthrop- philanthropic. That's work. a fancy word. It is a fancy word. <laughs> work with them. Um, is this, do, are you still doing it? Can people help you still? Can we, can we still uh, do something like that? Well, I <clears throat> the campaign that I did is over, but um, you can always donate to American Heart Association. But okay. um you don't have to donate through me, and right. I'm finished asking for money. So that was a, <laughs> that, that, that was a one and done thing. Stepped well, out I'll, of, I'll ask stepped for out of his comfort zone for one year. Yeah, everybody out there, it's a worthwhile cause. You know, I, I, you know, I go to the grocery store every time you, you buy food. If it's like a twenty cent thing or two hundred dollar bill, they ask if you want to donate money. You know, when you put your card in, and uh, I don't even know where all that money goes and everything. But something like the American Heart Association, I think you could be pretty confident that um, it's going to go towards something good. All right, that's awesome, brother. Um, I want to I want to talk to you about uh, uh, F3 a little bit more but and then leadership but first I want to ask you this experience that you had how has it affected you in your faith Well it's uh, I didn't send you this question Yeah it's all right <laughs> it it is it's brought me even you know closer um, religiously and I I've always been religious I was raised Catholic I went to Catholic school through 8th grade so uh, that's been a big part of my life, but um, I believe a miracle happened to me, mm-hmm. and just letting that sink in, and it still, you know, takes a lot for that to sink in, but letting that sink in and, you know, kind of wondering why, because mm-hmm. it's 
I think natural to wonder why, but God always has a plan. And so that God has a plan and I'm still here. And it's just brought me, you know, much closer, uh, to God as a result of it. Um, you know, it's brought me just, you know, closer to my church. Uh, but you know, I would say outside of those type of things, just the, the meaning, um, you know, with F3 and, and otherwise, but, uh, one of our, one of our uh, teammates within F3, as as you all know, posted something uh, recently on our Slack channel about just the recent, what he calls miracles, and I think right. he got it right, yeah. that have happened within our packs. And uh, we were praying for two kids that had childhood cancer, and they've overcome yeah. that cancer diagnosis. Uh, you all were praying for me. I lived and survived something I shouldn't survive, and we were praying for another uh, member's wife who um had a cancer breast cancer re-diagnosis and um she's cancer free yeah as of right now and you know that th- this is foreclosure's wife and foreclosure said there's something special about this group and when he, he just said that i think on saturday and when he, he said did. that like i i felt it i just felt it and so from a faith perspective hard to put into words but that's how i would contextualize some of that yeah, I'm really glad you brought that out because it was our, our PAX member Beach Ball put that out there. And, um, you know, we, we pray a lot. And whatever group you're part of, you might be part of a men's group that does, a, you know, has coffee and studies a book and prays or whatever, or Sunday school class or, or whatever. Um, it's always cool to see the results. And we don't always think about that and tabulate the results sort of, right? Yeah. Um, and he was, and he does that because he's two, two young boys and uh, they watch our name Arama religiously and he, they know all our names and they know what we're praying for and they want, they pray. And so it's, it's really cool to see how his kids are seeing the answer. And that's why he put that out there. And he, mean, cause he's kept track of it cause his kids are asking Yeah, and they've held him accountable Yeah, in that way. And, uh, and his cousin, um, who was a competitive motocross guy, right? Jude, yeah. Jude, yeah. Jude. And he had a horrible head injury and, uh, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to be ever be normal again. And now he is. And, so yeah, that's so cool to see all those answers of prayer and, and and like I said, it was just that was just a big stuff that yeah, you listed, just right? A, that's There's just so, a really big stuff, right? Like really, really big stuff. There's so many just little things um, that have been prayed about and yeah. uh, and the COT that have been met over the years as well. Yeah, I, I never really thought about quantifying it, right? Just even until he did, and um, just the power of prayer. I mean, we've all heard that yeah. phrase, yeah, but. For a lot of my life, I believed in prayer, but I just went on. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful, and just never really thought about how it was. Right, and so that that hit me. Yeah, and that's the way I'd answer. You know how it's changed my faith in the yeah, last year. It's great, and I would I would just say that, yeah, they're big miracles. You see kids uh, uh, beating cancer. You see, you know, his wife good diagnosis, good a diagnosis from her lymph node biopsy after her cancer operation and stuff like that. Um, every heartbeat you get is a miracle every breath you take because none of it's guaranteed. And so we go through life kind of taking a lot of things for granted. And instead of counting our misery, we should count our blessings, right? Absolutely. The old song, count our blessings, count them one by one or one, two, three. I I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's, it's relevant. Sorry. Don't know. Don't know that one. (laughs) Don't know the reference. Yeah. All of our glasses are half full, even dialogue. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's got cherry vanilla Coke. I've got iced tea and Peloton. Okay. So Carolyn, if you're listening, he's got water. Yeah. Right. I have Coke, I have Diet Pepsi, 
I got cherry vanilla coke. This he is didn't, my, this he didn't is go my for spl- any of it. Anytime we record a podcast, that's my splurge. Yep, that's his splurge. <laughs> cherry vanilla coke and cafeteria on Saturdays. Sorry yeah. for full disclosure. That's right. Um, so uh, yeah, I think you know that's that's a great answer. Uh, obviously, um, and t- since I mentioned Carolyn, we're gonna uh, talk about it because I know Dialup had uh, suggested this question: like, what guardrails do you have to keep you staying on the track with your diet, with your exercise, and all that stuff? And you said. Yeah, I have an amazing one. It's it's my wife. It's Carolyn. Um, you know, I'm so grateful that that I have somebody like that in my life who's you know gonna uh, be my toughest critic, but also be my biggest supporter. And um, I didn't eat that unhealthy, uh, but I mean, everybody loves a hamburger, but yeah. I, I probably only ate a hamburger or two in the last year, uh, maybe two. Uh, it's probably only one. Uh, and that is because, like, she supports me in so many ways. She loves to cook, so that's something that she naturally likes to do. But my diet has changed. I eat really healthy, and um, it, I enjoy all the different foods that I'm eating. It's, so it's not like some restrictive diet, but she just knows how to help me. Um, if I was doing that on my own, right, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I would not be yeah. doing it. It's just that's not how it's not how I'm made up. And even after, like, being lucky to be alive. Yeah. I'm positive I'd be eating healthier, but not like I'm eating now. And it takes, it took me about 12 weeks to truly not want to crave, like, pizza or a hot dog or those type of things that I liked. It it took, like, 12 weeks. It, it didn't take almost dying and being like, oh, my gosh, I'm still alive. Like, I still thought about, oh, I want pizza. But eventually, like, that goes away. Yeah. And um, I don't even crave that stuff. Uh, last night was Super Bowl. You know, I didn't even crave, like, eating a bunch of junk. I just mm. don't. So no, no buffalo chicken dip last night? No, I didn't have it. <gasps> you know, there is vegan. Actually, I had vegan buffalo chicken dip that Trader Joe's makes. Um, so shout out to Trader Joe's or whatever. I'm sure it's good, it. but there ain't no vegan chickens. Yeah, but it tastes... <laughs> it, 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 there it, are grass-fed <laughs> chickens, though, dial up. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> Well, there's no chicken in this thing, but it tastes like uh, buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, huh. so that's like saying turkey bacon. For come on, that's not that ain't. Sorry, bacon. I'm I'm a I'm actually kind of a fan of turkey bacon. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it's not bacon. It's not bacon. It's not bacon. Well, the grass fed chickens came up at Blue Ridge Relay. Yeah, they did. So it's yeah. back to Blue Ridge. <laughs> no, but that 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 was one of the things from a a guardrail perspective on diet is is my wife from an exercise perspective. I've been talking about it on this podcast, but it's been. It's I, I love the camaraderie of being with other people, mm-hmm. but that's been that's been helping me. So the F three group, and then on uh, days that I don't go to F three, I run, and I got a few other guys I run with. One of them's dial up, and if I know he's showing up at five thirty in the morning, I'm not going to hit snooze on the alarm. I'm going to be there five thirty in the morning. So yeah. it's things like that that kept me accountable uh, related to exercise. And then you know one of the things that. I um, am still working on, and I'm probably going to be working on it for a while. Um, I like to work a lot, uh, and my job is very demanding, so it's easy to work a lot, but I don't want to – I want to balance it a little bit differently. I don't want to quite work like like I do, and that I haven't figured out. And I, yeah. you know, set as a New Year's resolution work-life balance, and, and um, you know, as I think about where we are, you know, a month and a half into the new year – I have a little bit of incremental progress, but I'm so far off from, you know, 
wherever I want to be. And I think, you know, one of the things is I, I don't know exactly what it looks like, so I haven't set a clear goal. Right. And um, I don't have that person that's going to keep me accountable. My kids are old enough that they don't need us at the end of the day, like picked up from daycare or taken right. to sporting event or something. So I can just, you know, work if I'm working. Yeah. And so I, I got to figure that out. That's something that I will figure out uh, over time, but that's going to be the hardest thing for me to change. No doubt. Yeah. And it's hard in your role too, because it's not just you, right. It's the, it's the leaders that you work with kind of having to fit all that in and the requirements of the job. Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with, uh, it, it's a big job that I have yeah. and, um, it's a, we, we're in healthcare, yeah. so it never closes. And so we should be, you know, available, but you just got to make sure that you balance those things. Very good. Um, that you, you just answered one of my other questions cause I knew what your new year's resolution was. And I just wanted you to talk about, about that, but you mentioned your diet and exercise. So for your exercise, I kind of know what you do, right? I mean, although I haven't seen you at shake and bake in a while, that's our Monday morning run, but you run on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I know you show up on Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays for the most part for our boot camp style beatdowns and you run and your mountain bike. Um, what, what kind of, you mentioned your diet, but you, what do you ha- uh, follow for a diet? Is it a vegan diet? Are you, you know, what are you doing? No, you know, I don't even know how to answer the question that well. And when Carolyn listens, she'll chuckle because I seriously just kind of follow what she does. So yeah. I, I'm not on a Mediterranean diet. I can, I can say that, but I eat foods that are in a Mediterranean diet, but we eat a lot of, um, uh, Asian food. Uh, Japanese or Korean and she knows how to make it and um, but low sodium so I can't be like loading it up with soy sauce like I really want to be doing but um, we eat a lot of Asian food we um, all there's nothing that's off limits for me so I'm not vegan I I'll still eat um, beef I'll eat it in moderation Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't even know how to answer that question that well because I just follow her orders and um it works out. And luckily I like all different types of foods, but I've still like gone to some incredible restaurants like yeah. in the last year. So it's not like, you know, cause I love doing that. And if we're in cities and my son's in Philadelphia now, and there's incredible restaurants in Philadelphia period. And there's like even, you know, great unhealthy ones, but, um, I, I've still enjoyed myself, you know, doing that, but just ordering differently. Yeah. It's probably yeah. low, low fat, I would say. Right. And Low in processed foods. Yes, yeah, here comes the uh, former cardiac rehab yeah. guy. He, he, he knows probably what I'm doing. Oh, there's no process. Yeah. I, I don't think I eat any processed I, foods. I probably can't say any, but it's it's ministry. Yeah, if Carolyn makes a sandwich, I know I know this from the NASCAR race. She made sandwiches for all of us guys, right? If we made a sandwich and took it to the NASCAR race, it'd be it would be lunch meat. Yeah, like it would be it'd cold be, cuts, right? Chicken breast or something like that. Carolyn sandwiches that that Brian had packed uh, and brought for us. I mean, it was it was legit. Fresh chicken breast yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. Um, so. My wife's doing that now, so I'm eating fresh. She just got a turkey breast and just cooked it and slicing little yeah. pieces of turkey breast. All right, that's cool, man. So you don't count calories or macros, you know, protein, uh, all that kind of stuff. No, but, um, you know, the motivation for me, I mean, it, what I'm eating, like, tasted good, but I'm a size 30 waist, and that's what I graduated high school as a size 30 waist. Yeah. Last year at this time, I was a size 34 waist. Yeah. And so, um, like, diet is really what changed that because yeah. I still exercised a lot, you yeah. know, going into the heart attack. Right. As they say in F3, you can't out King your queen, King being exercise, queen being your diet. So, and the older you get, the more that's true. Uh, when I was in my twenties, I could out King my queen a little bit, but not anymore. All right, cool. Um, 
so we didn't we touched on F three, but tell me, I know you uh, uh, you weren't really staying for the boot camp beatdowns and kind of stuff. You're kind of doing the uh, the pre runs and stuff. Uh, I think you showed up for like one beatdown or two before your heart attack, and now you're there consistently. You talked about the fellowship and stuff. So how does F three um, and and you already mentioned that in the accountability of the guys and all that stuff, but F three is supposed to be a leadership development program disguised as a fitness group. So we're going to start diving into leadership a little bit. Let's start with F three. How has F three helped you as a leader? Uh, you're gonna uh, hate this answer probably, but <laughs> I um I, I lead a lot of stuff in my life and. I just want to go to F3 as a workout. I know. And, <laughs> um, and I'm really challenging your leadership yeah. because I just want to show up and have it be a workout. So, you know, from a, a leadership perspective, but I, I would say I personally don't strive to go to F3 to lead. But when we're, um, when I'm watching other guys lead, I'm learning. Yeah. And so that's helping my leadership. When I am, um, listening to us discuss a topic i'm learning and that's helping my leadership and just when i just see people interacting with each other and what works and what doesn't work mm-hmm. that's helping my leadership but um you know i'm sorry to all the f3 listeners because i'm not really f- following that core principle that well although i did lead something recently yeah. um you know f- it, for me it was i just want to go there and kind of be mindless and and do my exercise yeah. um but you've pushed me defib and uh, I'll continue to make it hard for you. And so <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be a better leader as a result of me. Well, you know he, he's so. First of all, Puffy said when we when he first looked at this and got invited, he's like, "This is gonna turn into a runners club, right?" Yeah. And uh, and then he started showing for the running, and he shows up for the other stuff because he loves the fellowship and everything. And he's right. He's told me he doesn't want to lead in F three, but he did tell me one time. He said he made the mistake of saying, "But I'll lead a running thing." Right. And no, so there are, we had a pre-run before Saturday workouts, Saturday workouts, a boot camp style beat down and at six 30. So five forty-five guys would show up for a pre-run and there was a debate or discussion amongst our packs. And we decided we're going to make that a beat down. We'll just end it in a circle of trust, another beat down. And I said, well, and I had said, well, you just need some guy to lead it. And I thought, Pfft. I'm getting a hold of Peloton easy peasy. Here. Yeah. <laughs> he just said, yeah, I'll do it. So he had his virgin queue on Saturday morning. Yeah. Let us on a run. Yeah. Close us out of it, the COT, yeah, which is good. Trailblazers. Yeah, it's got Looks a name, like the, the Trailblazer. I even named it. Yeah. Yeah, he named it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I would say he's not totally off the hook until he leads a beat down, though, that he has to lead in cadence. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that, that we still got to, we got to still, still hold his feet to the fire uh, for leading a COT. <laughs> there, I've, I've had him do it, a surprise cadence. when I've been queuing, like, okay, Peloton take the take the center and lead us into exercise. I've done that a couple of times, but and he did he did an exercise the other day. We did something in in cadence and we took turn and he. Well, I'm, I'm, he I'm free the to lead. There, so. I'm free to lead. So in in, uh, <laughs> in the Trailblazer run, right? Uh, maybe there will be side straddle hops and cadence. All right, there we uh, go. Before we start, right. warm up, and I'm right. off the hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, okay. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Let me. I got to refer to my notes here. I actually made notes for this one about our leadership stuff. So. Um, I asked you how F3 has affected you as a leader. How has, and you, you, you touched on this a little bit, but can you dive in a little bit more how maybe your leadership has changed uh, after your heart attack and your near-death experience? Maybe you haven't thought about this in a while, but. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't think about it a lot. Um, you know, 
one of the things that was important to me prior to heart attack was from a leadership perspective was building meaningful relationships um, so that it, one, I just, they're fulfilling to me. I enjoy them, but I also feel when you have a meaningful relationship, you can get more done. You can change more things. You can uh, accomplish more, just, you know, all, all of those type of things. You can give feedback in a much better way mm-hmm. when you've developed a relationship yeah. with somebody. So there's just multiple aspects of the relationship. And, and I did build really meaningful relationships because so many people uh, came to my support yeah. uh, through my health issue more than I could have ever imagined. But it really showed me that how important those relationships are. And, um, you know, that has, I, I just doubled down on it. And yeah. it's something that I put a lot of energy into. So it's weird to say I could even double down on it, but I doubled down on it. So that's that's one of the things that I've been more intentional about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is like life is short. Yeah. And and so if there's, you know, something that you're kind of hemming or hawing about, I still procrastinate about it a little bit, but I just got to kind of get to it a little bit quicker. And that's easier said than done. Um, there's things that I, you know, still can look back on and say, well, I didn't get to it quick enough and things I'm working on with that. But I'm going to use my health issue as a reminder of like, look, you could not be here tomorrow. So get it, you know, get it done today. Right. Yeah. That's a great perspective. And and he, he's right. I mean, he, the one thing that really came out of all this is how many people just poured out their love and, and concern for him yeah. when he, when he had his heart attack. So he definitely built those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing I was, I, it just now hit me a, a question to ask. Um, maybe a tough question to answer, but, uh, you know, one, one of the signs of a good leader is if suddenly they're, they're, they're not there, did they lead their team and develop their team in such a way that they can carry on, right? you know, and carry out that mission in your absence? And, you know, unfortunately, your team was forced into that situation, you know, almost a year ago where suddenly you were withdrawn from the team and they had to carry on with the different things that were going on within your department and within the organization. Was there, was there anything that you learned through that aspect of it as like, were there, were there some weaknesses there or some, some uh, areas of coverage or whatever they might be that were, that were missing that suddenly you were gone. It's like, Oh wow, we have this, this gap in knowledge over here, or we have this gap in expertise over here. That, that you're able to learn from and, and kind of, you know, go back now and, and address mm-hmm. so that, you know, if it, any, not that it happened to you, but, you know, if anything like that would happen in the, in the, in the future that, uh, you know, you kind of learned from it and, and made the team stronger because of this. Yeah, that's actually a, an excellent question. Um, Cause that's probably one of the things that like would keep a leader up at night. Like if, yeah. if I wasn't here doing this, like, you know, will it get done and, and can people do it? And, you know, I left work that day and uh, it was a Friday, but I expected to come back Monday and yeah. I didn't, I didn't come back. And, um, my team stepped up yeah. and they, they got things done. And I knew that I had a great team, but I didn't realize how great they really were. Um, so that's, that's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, um, was an aha moment through this is there's a lot of stuff that, that, um, I personally did that I didn't really need to, to be doing that other people either wanted to do or felt like that could be a growth opportunity for them to do. And that's what came out of this. So 
like when I was starting to kind of come back to work behind the scenes because I wasn't signed back to work yet, but I was getting a little <laughs> little antsy and I didn't want to just, you know, go from no work to mm-hmm. a lot of hours of work. So I kind of eased my way in. My team was saying to me, like, look, you just don't come back to do it like you did it. I, I can do this. Right. I, I can do that. You know, how about we, you know, kind of change the way that, that we meet? You know, we changed our, our meeting structure and our cadence of certain things. Um, how about we change these aspects of our structure? And um, we did that. Good. And there's a little bit more to still do um, from a structure perspective. And then there is that it's not all perfect. There is that kind of natural gravitation to I know how busy my team is. And so there's certain things I don't want to ask them to do yeah. because I feel like, you know, their plate is full. And mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit about who I am as a leader. Like if I really know their plate's full, I'm, I'm good at delegating. But if I know their plate's full, like I'm going to take it on. And so there's a little bit of that and that's not going to help me with, right. you know, the whole, you know, work-life balance thing. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that, that was the aha moment, you know, well, one, my team was really ready to do it, yeah. but I, I kind of secretly knew that they were and, and they were, um, but they also said, Hey, these things that you do that we didn't even know you do, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you developing the next leader? Absolutely. Uh, and it's not, um, it's plural. It's developing the next leaders. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, if you were to pick, it's hard to pick one, but what do you think is the most important attribute or skill set that a leader needs to have to be effective? Yeah, it is really hard to pick one, but it's easy for me to answer this question. Um, trust. Mm. And, you know, there's many many things that go into building trust and then many benefits of, of um, developing trusting relationships as a leader uh, that I could talk about, like, you know, do what you say you're going to do, um, be kind, be there for people, um, you know, have build relationships, have conversations. But, but if, if you can get that trust, um, you can get a lot of stuff done as a result of that. And if you don't have that trust, you know, this is one of the things that like, even if you're not leading something in F3, you know, are you going to trust somebody on this workout? Right. And it might sound silly in the context of talking about like work or other leadership areas, but yeah, I trust the people that are leading the workout, even when it's hard Mm -hmm. and I got to be conscientious of my health. I trust them. Yeah. And so I'm going to follow the workout. Right. And then we're, you know, we're better off. And so that's an analogy, you know, that I would put into leadership at work. You know, will you trust me because I've said, we're going to go this way, or will you trust me when I give you this feedback or will you, um, you know, trust me when I say, look, we're going to have to make this change. And I think that's why that's just such a powerful aspect of leadership. Yeah. That's excellent. It's earned. Yeah. And those relationships, if you don't have those relationships, you can't get the trust and Mm -hmm. yeah. Great, great answer, man. Um, all right. Now my last leadership question, unless dial up has more is what do you think? And, and I, and you could, you don't need to. You don't need to speak specifically about uh, the institution we work at, but it's a microcosm of all the other places where there are leaders. And I mean, you look at a, a system like ours. There's just tons of leaders, like literally hundreds and hundreds of leaders in, var- in at various levels. If you look at, and you could you could you know take your your uh, vision past healthcare, but. What do you think we're missing? Are we missing something? And if it is, if we are, what are we missing uh, in developing leaders right now? Yeah, I mean, this is, 
That's a it's a hard question. I, I think we're I can easily take this like, you know, well beyond healthcare and yeah. um I'm not gonna talk about politics on this, but I, I think about leaders at that level right. and you know, everything in between as I'm, you know, about to provide this answer. But I think people want instant gratification in life and um, we're used to receiving instant gratification in, in so many ways. And I think people want that with leadership as well, if they aspire to be a leader. And so yesterday I wasn't leading today I'm leading. Right. And you just think it should naturally bring all these things as a leader. Sure. And you, you may not be um, willing to develop further as a result of it because of that instant gratification. You may not be willing to seek feedback. You may not be willing to actually uh, look at yourself in the mirror and change and, and all mm. of those things. And you, you may be doing it for wrong reasons. And so I think, you know, the, I think the thing that we're missing is patience. Um, mm. And, you know, being able to uh, take the time to develop the skills that you need to develop to be effective. And we're just missing the, the patience. And that comes yeah. from the instant gratification society, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah and well said. Uh, that's, I think that's, been written about a lot you know the newer generations people complain about them wanting you know the raise before they should get it and the promotion before they should get it, that kind of thing i think back of almost like apprenticeship type stuff um i don't know how how much we don't really i don't know where we do that anymore um maybe in the military trade schools trade, well, trade schools. schools are just the trades in general yeah i mean where do you put residents well true True. That's so it's developing, but that that's not. You're right, but that's not developing as a leader. That's developing them in their ability to be a doctor. But um, because doctors are not trained to lead, they're trained to be doctors. Yeah. Um, and so, I think that yeah, it's a great answer. Um, there's probably a lot of people out there nodding their head yes to that one. No, yeah. we'll see. But that's uh, I don't know. The beauty of of a lot of these topics is there's not one answer to it. Right. Um, you know, there's not a right or wrong, but you know, as I, as I was saying that some things you just have to naturally let happen as well. And, um, uh, if I look back on, at least from my perspective, look back on leadership changes and, and society even 50 years ago, um, and, and even less, but people had to wait too long. Um, to lead. And that's, that's not good either. So, you know, I don't mean to have patients back to, you never get a chance uh, because there wouldn't be entrepreneurs and there wouldn't be innovation and there wouldn't be all these things because that's, that's leading. Um, Leading isn't just leading people. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's a balance of things, but yeah. 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 In my experience, I don't, I think most places don't really have a clearly defined mission. And uh, without that, it's hard to know if you're leading well, not leading well, succeeding, not succeeding, how you should allocate resources, you know, all that stuff. And uh, we're missing a, a real sort of intentional leadership development program. Yeah, I think all those things are, are extremely important. And, you know, given what my profession is, like you would expect me to say it, but, but and, and I'm not undermining any um, leadership development programs and their effectiveness because they are effective, but being willing to listen to feedback and yeah. being willing to give feedback right. is like critical. Yes. So you could you could go to whatever we think the best leadership development program is, and if 
if you can't accept feedback and if you're a leader and you can't give feedback, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter in my opinion. Yeah. That's where you weed out the people that probably shouldn't lead, but yeah. All right. Good answer, brother. All right, dial up. What do you think? You got any more questions? Yeah, I guess yeah. I, the only thing I was going to say is, you know, that patience aspect is, is it's a two way street. It's for the, it's, it's for the leader in training, but also for the current leaders as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if I was hearing you correctly, you were kind of focused on the person that's being trained and being patient in, in right. their training and kind of climbing, you know, potentially climbing the ladder or seeing the rewards um, or the promotions, whatever that, you know, whatever that growth might be with them as they're developing as a leader. But it's kind of goes the other way as well, where leaders have to have a little bit of patience with those, with those folks that they're, that they're training and developing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's in our society, there's even, even in that direction, there's, there's a lack of patience because of the instant results, right? You know, look at how many football coaches or any, any sports team coaches like they're, they're expected to fix the team yeah. in one or two years. Um, and, and there's, it's a culture issue that could have been there for decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they're supposed to turn it around and like a, a lot of those leaders, um, within those organizations, like they're not patient enough. They could have a great leader that has stepped into that role and, and they don't, exhibit the patience that they need to let that leader make the changes that they, that they need to make or to, to reverse the, that, that, uh, that negative culture that's, that's been in place. Exactly. Yesterday they said it took Andy Reid 21 seasons to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now no, 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 no coach would have um, that grace yeah. anymore, but now look at him now. Yep. Yeah, well, but he, he wasn't without success. He did get the, the Eagles to five NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl. He just couldn't win the Super Bowl. Who are the Eagles? Eagles? Who are the Eagles? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Who are the Eagles, Peloton? That's it. You're queuing on Saturday. That's fine. <laughs> Trailblazer run. Coming from, a giant, coming from a Giants fan. See you at 530. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I could talk about this leadership stuff all day. I really enjoy it, but... Um, but I think that you've proven that you're really, really good leader. Um, and, and uh, you know, to talk about that patience stuff when it comes to the leader, having patience with the people under them that, and, and developing them and, and uh, help them to see that it requires patience. Again, it comes back to probably that trust yeah. factor as well and the relationships, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that, and this is having a career in HR, and I've been in leadership for, for a while now, but in, in HR you get to see what works and see what doesn't work um, as a result of your day job. Yeah. But if even if you don't work in human resources, you get to see what works and what doesn't work uh, no matter what. So you can learn a lot by watching. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned that, you know, that's something that I get leadership, uh, that I get personal fulfillment towards leadership by just watching within F3. Um, but I've watched people build confidence in F3 yeah. uh, as well. Um you know, through their leadership and, and through queuing workouts and I'll build my own confidence. I, you know, I didn't remember the five core principles exactly. I said all five of them, but I said them in four things. Um, so I'll seek to do that better next time. But, but, um, but my point is, you know, just watching people within our packs, um, step up to queue workouts. Like I I can learn by watching, uh, or watching people who said, Hey, I want to try running. Talk to me about running and talk to dial up about running and now they're running. Good job, BGs, yeah, um, BGs, right, yeah. and, and and others. But yeah. uh, you can learn a lot, mm-hmm. and that can um, help your own personal leadership mm-hmm. just by observing. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's something we hear consistently from guys we interview on this podcast is one of the things F3 has done for them is made them more confident, more bold in everything, and bold in their faith, bold in their leadership. Not in a bold and an aggressive bad way, but um, instead of sitting back and watching things happen, they're yep. uh, ready to step up now. Yeah. But now you're yeah, spot on because I can name you know a ton of guys that uh, you've just seen so much growth in their leadership abilities and, and confidence um, since they've been coming to F3 and, and, and joining us. And yeah. it's, it's great to see. Love it. Absolutely. Love seeing it. Accomplishing the mission. That's right. All right. Well, I got, I've got no other questions for you, brother. Diop, you got any more questions? I think, uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think we covered everything, right? I think we did. Anything maybe we could ask it like what, uh, and I know the answer to this, but I'll still ask it for the, for the listeners and, and for you. Like, what do you got planned for the one year anniversary of your event? Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for asking. So that's coming up in, in two weeks. And I think this podcast will come out the day after I do this. Yep. Uh, I, had this heart attack on Natalie mountain on a mountain bike trails. And this was not intentional, but I have not been back on a, I've not been back to Natalie mountain on the trails, mm-hmm. not been back on a mountain bike. And, um, it is intentional now because when I didn't get back there for so many months, it was like, well, I might as well hold out. Right. Uh, but I've been holding out, uh, to go with the two people who were with me that day. The one who performed CPR saved my life. And the other one, uh, who was there to call 911 and, and provide support to the whole um, whole situation. And so uh, we are riding together. It'll be Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, February 25th, and I can't wait for that ride. And, uh, you know, running does not translate into mountain biking. Um, <laughs> so that's why I went on three mountain bike rides uh, oh, this last weekend. That's a, oh, so there, well, that was... I, uh, I, I got to build up. Uh, <laughs> fe- February fortitude is, is not going to go as well for me because I thought nope. I'd put in more running miles, but I need to make sure I balance the biking miles so that Yeah, I no can, points for mountain biking at February yeah. fortitude. Yeah, well, maybe we could change that. Free to lead. Well, yeah, Beach Ball's in charge of All that. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> He's already leading. But, but anyway, You could suggest it, but it's going to get shot down. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to suggest it. I'm going back to the scene of the crime and... Uh, you know, for for that weekend, that's going to be a really special weekend for me. Uh, we're having dinner as a group on the Friday night, and then on Sunday morning, um, we're going to go out there and do that ride. So I'm awesome. really, really looking forward to it, and I do want to go right to the site of where it happened. Um, I don't even quite know exactly. Uh, I know generally where it happened, but I don't know quite where it happened. I, I want to go there. I want to see that. And then I look forward to just being um, able to do Natalie bike rides. Uh, with the crew when they invite me because I've been invited to some rides in the past few months and I'm like no can't go um, so I'm just looking forward to like you know demystifying the whole situation yeah and uh, getting back out there like it's a regular thing yeah it could be quite cathartic for you yeah 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 it'll probably be emotional but uh, um, I'm not gonna jump my bike I jumped my bike on on that ride <laughs> and yeah don't I, do that. yeah I'm not gonna jump my bike so I'm going to go back. It, kind of the scene of the crime is around where that jump is and the keep climb the, out. Keep but, the wheels on the ground. Yeah, I'm going to keep the wheels on the ground but get back to that exact same spot. I'm going to do that climb, and I'm not going to get off the bike this time. and and uh, All the way to the top. Yep, I'm going to get up to the top. All right, cool. Well, our listeners don't know, but we prayed before we went on the air, um, and uh, our prayers continue to be with you and everyone else out there, yeah. man. It is a, you know, it's a big world and people are struggling with a lot of things. But if, if you've listened to this episode, hopefully you've taken away some encouragement and uh, some motivation and inspiration and just feel good about things because uh, there's so many guys out there with stories that are 
just, you know, so inspiring. And I think to see what God has done in your life uh, with this uh, episode that you had and, and wonderful for you to see the, the right perspective from it all. I think the challenge is the further you get away from it, it's harder to maintain that perspective uh, for anybody, you know, and I, I know that's how it was for me when I had my heart attack, but, um, and I'm a much more difficult cat to wrangle than, uh, than you are. My wife is trying really hard with my diet, <laughs> but dial up keeps make me, making me eat chicken wings. Yeah, sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know what would have happened if, if it didn't happen, but, uh, one of the blessings for me is I get to know you better since then. So I remember visiting you in the hospital after you got off the ECMO and stuff and seeing how beat up you were and walking with you. Because uh, I had my back surgery shortly. After, well, I had my back surgery. I was recovering from back surgery when that happened to you, so I couldn't run at all. And we would walk together and stuff like that. And, uh, man, it's just been a, such a, a, a true joy and blessing to get to know you better, brother, and uh, and to be your bed buddy. Well, likewise. Uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I'll even sleep with you again. All right. Well, I can't because you guys leave me out this year, but that's okay. Well, that's – are you going to do – doing the Ragnar, right? No, no, no. We're going back to Blue Ridge. Well, yeah. are, are you doing the Ragnar and Blue Ridge or just Blue Ridge? I'm not going to do both. I'm okay. just going to do Blue Ridge because right. I'm going to run – You'll, have, you'll have to sleep time. with dial-up this time. Well, we might all get our own bed. Actually, we're not going to be able to You're sleep. not going to have a bed. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to get we're, to sleep. It's a six-man team. The six-man team, you're on the road the whole time. <laughs> we'll be time. sleeping in the van for sure. That's yeah. right. But well, uh, let, let me say one more thing because I just thought of it. Uh, when you said, you know, as time goes on, the perspectives will fade, and, and they will because they're fading for me as well. But yeah. there's reminders. And actually today, um, the uh, I'm Catholic. The bishop was at the hospital that we work at because it's the um, World Day of Healing. Okay. And so a bunch of priests and, and the bishop for uh, this diocese around here, uh, they were praying for um, all the patients who are sick. They were praying for all the healthcare workers. But that's a reminder. Yeah. So, like, I, I went to Mass yeah. today at uh, lunchtime that was held at, at our church or at, um, at our hospital. And just to think about, you know, I was praying for everybody who was there and the people who were caring for them. Mm-hmm. So there, there will be reminders. They may not be daily but there yeah. will be reminders for me to kind of keep perspective and not lose the second chance of life and today's a great example and here we are talking about health on the world day of healing so. yeah isn't that interesting i didn't even know that and you've got carolyn and your f3 brothers and a lot of other friends that are gonna that, that love you yeah and uh that are gonna keep you accountable <laughs> and uh keep you keep you on the on the track that you need to be on. amen so well if my my wife and i weren't leaving on thursday to go on a trip i'd be there at trailblazer for your uh, Saturday queue, but uh, I won't be there again. That's right. I'll I'll, I'll be queuing, so uh, it'll just keep going uh, right. every Saturday morning till I'm on vacation. Awesome. Then you can queue for me. I'll do it. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, for all you listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode in uh, Peloton slash Puffin stuff. God bless you, and thank you for your time, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.